Psalm 85, and then hold that. Just We'll just read one verse there. Then we're going to go to Exodus 19, <clears throat> read several verses there. Uh, but we'll just read Psalm 85, and then you can be seated. And we're just going to read one verse, verse 10. Psalm 85, 10, the Bible says, Mercy and truth are met together. <clears throat> Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. So, a long time ago when I first read that, <clears throat> I couldn't figure that out for the world. Because it just didn't, you know, like, that just, that's really odd. But, <clears throat> and so some commentators uh, say that chapter 85 talks about the millennium. Others say it's talking about Israel after they come out of Babylon and all that. So <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about that. I want to take this verse out like you're not supposed to do when you preach. <laughs> I'm going to take this verse out, and I'm going to try to compare tonight the two natures of God. Okay, There's the judgment side of God, holy, righteous judge of the universe, and then there's the mercy side of God, the God who, the God who died for us. Two, two natures of God. God has a lot of attributes, a lot of different, I mean, he's just God, right? You can't say enough about it. But I'd like to bring two, two natures of God out tonight using this verse, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, you know it's, uh, I think everybody here is saved. But if you're not saved, you really need to get saved. And if you are saved, this, I think this will help you tonight to see all the, I can say it like this, all the trouble God went to to save you. I mean, he went out of his way. He condemns us. The judge of the universe condemns us because of our sin. But then, hey, the savior of the universe Paid our price, paid our judgment. So I don't want to get carried away and get too far into it, but just just think about that. The two natures of God. Uh, I I think it'll help you tonight. Amen. So let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you tonight for your word, and I pray, Father, uh, in studying and praying, and and Lord, uh, uh, if anything good's going to happen, it's going to be you doing it, so we're just trusting you by faith, pray to run the devil off their property, help me to, uh, Lord, just use the, the thoughts that I have, pray I wouldn't uh, be chasing a lot of different things that don't need to be talked about, and uh, Lord, help us to learn some things out of your word tonight, I pray it'd be a blessing, uh, if there's somebody here that's not saved, maybe they get that settled tonight, Lord, and so we just pray this. Uh, in Christ's name, just want to tell you we love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. So with that thought, turn to Exodus 19. Genesis, Exodus chapter 19. We've been studying Moses in our Sunday school classes, some of the adult classes. And so uh, 
The children of Israel have come out of Israel, crossed the Red Sea. They get out into the, the, the wilderness, and they run into trouble after trouble after trouble. Amen. And that's a picture of when you get saved, you come out of Egypt, salvation, right? Then you're, in the, you're heading to the promised land. Amen. And that's, uh, it's the Christian life. That's not a picture of heaven. And uh, God says you're going to have to fight for it. That's life. Amen. You're just, it's a battle. So uh, they travel a little bit, and then uh, they run out of water, they complain, things happen, and uh, they finally get to Mount Sinai in chapter 19, and uh, God tells Moses, come up on the mountain, he's going to give him the Ten Commandments and a lot of other things, and so in chapter 19 it says this, in the third month, this is 90 days after they crossed the Red Sea, the children of Israel gone forth out of the land of Egypt. The same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim, were coming to the desert of Sinai and pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. So you just think about this. You got probably, I don't know, three million, give or take, camped around at the bottom of the mountain. <clears throat> uh, skip down to verse, uh, skip down to verse 10. And the Lord said to Moses, go unto the people, sanctify them today and tomorrow, let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. And the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon, upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, take heed to yourselves that you go not up, <laughs> up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. Uh, <clears throat> and there shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man. And it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up into the mount. Moses went down to the people, or uh, down the mountain to the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. Verse 16, it came to pass the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Verse 17, and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. Verse 18, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. Don't you love the King James? I mean, it is keep that original. It's just, it's good stuff. Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. What is that, Brother Mike? That's the holiness of God coming down on a mountain, and the mountain is just shaking. And you can read on in, in further chapters ahead that, that when God was up there, 40 days, there's an earthquake. Think about that. 40 days, that mountain is shaking. There's fire and smoke, and, uh, and it's just a presence of a thrice holy God up on the mountain. Amen? And the people, the people are, they're trembling. And, uh, and, and Moses even says, Moses even says, I was, it just, it scared me to death. He was shaken. That's God. Hey, that, hey, that's the righteous judgment side of God. Hey, that's, the, that's the God that's, uh, <clears throat> you touch the mountain, you're dead. You know, we, I don't think we have that sense. 
of how holy and just and righteous and high and lifted up God really is. Uh, over in Psalm 113, I think I've said this before, that the Bible says that God has to humble himself to look on the things in heaven and in earth. Is that amazing? He has to humble himself. He's so high and lifted up, pure, righteous, holy. I don't think we can even get our heads around it. Amen. We cross over and meet Jesus Christ face to face with the wounds and all of that. Man, uh, it's just you're going to be high as a kite for eternity in the presence of God. Amen. So that's the righteous, holy, lifted up side of God. So before you can come to God for salvation, so if you're already saved tonight, Think about that as we're going through this. If you're not saved, <clears throat> before you can get saved, you really need to understand the two sides, the two natures of God. Uh, the righteous truth side of God and the peace and mercy side of God. So God's nature is righteous and truth. Think about Moses up on the mountain. We read that. Uh, his nature demands punishment for sin and wickedness. Our sin must be punished and paid for. Psalm 97, 2, listen to this. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. No man can see God and live. Think about that. Moses up on the mountain, and uh, <clears throat> I didn't read on, but, but God actually tells Moses twice. If we just kept reading there a little bit, he says, he says get back down there. And make sure nobody touches the mountain. And then Moses says, well, I told him. I told him. And God says, get back down there. I mean, he uses kind of some words like, do what I say. Get down there. Don't let anybody touch the mountain. He's just so holy. He's just so holy. <clears throat> John 3.36, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Listen to this, but the wrath of God abideth on him. What's that? That's that judgment side of God. Judgment side of God. He doesn't hate us. How do you know that? He died for us. The mercy side, see? See? But he's so holy, he's so just, he can't let anything get by that's sin. You have to, he's gotta, you gotta, it's got to be dealt with, see? Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Psalm 11.7, listen to this, for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Nobody is like God. Nobody is righteous and holy like God. But you know what? you got to become righteous, just like God, before you can go to heaven. What? How's that happen? Well, stick with me. I'll show you. Ezekiel 18.20, listen to this. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's the, that's the judgment side of God. Somebody has to die for your sin, see? You can die and, and go to hell and pay for it, never get it paid for, but Jesus Christ has already paid for it. See, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but 
Uh, Psalm 145 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Listen, how dare we think our little sins are not exceedingly sinful before this holy, righteous, high and lifted up God, see? And think, of, think about this. We as sinners cannot become righteous until we repent and ask God for forgiveness and salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. So what I'm talking about there, if you're not saved, you can't become righteous until you get saved. You're separated. Hey, the Bible says you're separated from God. Your sin separates you. You have to get something done with your sin. Is this making sense, girls? Are you girls with me? Amen. So the law of God, think about this. The law of God hopelessly condemns us. We're condemned by the law of God. Hey, he's way up on top of the mountain. What is that? That's just the tall law of God. Unreachable. I can't measure up. I can't be good enough. See? I can't turn over a new leaf. I still have all the stuff behind me. See, I, 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 it's unreachable. So before we are saved, the wrath of God abides on us. <clears throat> but there's some good things. Let me, give you some, let me give you some good info, okay? Don't tune me out. Galatians 3.24 says this, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. David, come up here real quick. Okay. So David, just a, he's just no sinner man. Amen? He looks like an old sinner man, right? Amen. <clears throat> so this tall law of God over here, this judgment side of God, <clears throat> condemns him. Amen? You can't approach God. You can't get anywhere near God. But here, here, I'm the law. Let's just say I'm the law, okay? I'm the, I'm the judgment side, the law of God. So here's what the law does. The law, the law does this. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. That's what the law does. The law says, you're not good enough, you'll never be good enough. <laughs> In fact, <clears throat> you're going to have to die and go to hell unless something changes. But let me, let me take you to somebody who can do you some good. Being you can't be like me, I'm perfect. See? And so the law brings you, the Bible says the law will bring will push you and drag, show you that you need Christ. See, does that make sense? You can sit down. The Ten Commandments, you know, I've asked people before, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? Yeah, I keep the Ten Commandments. <laughs> once in a while, not all the time, once in a while I say, can you quote them? Because I have a hard time quoting them, you know. <laughs> if you're keeping them, you can quote them. Yeah, but <clears throat> but here, here's what happens. You realize that law makes you realize you can't keep them. You can't keep them. And you need Jesus Christ to save you. Amen? <clears throat> so, that's the righteous judge of the universe. Y'all with me? Everybody okay? So let's, let's talk about God's nature is also 
That's the righteous judgment side. God's nature is also mercy, peace, grace, and love. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Let me read you a couple of verses. Romans 8, nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So for this, for this little thing I'm doing tonight, I want you to picture the judge of the universe, God the Father, Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Two natures of God, right? Now they're both God, right? The mercy side of God, he agrees with the judgment side. I agree with you. See? It's the same God. Can you get your head around that? So, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Verse John 4. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Aren't you thankful for that? I got saved. I won't have to. I'm not under the wrath of God anymore. I'm under the love of God. <laughs> Amen. What a blessing. First John 4, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. What's that mean? That just means when I'm after I got saved, I just got God all over me. In fact, the Bible says. I'll, I'll talk about it later, that we're in Christ and that He covers us. We're in Christ. He covers us. Wait, when the judge of the universe looks at me after I'm saved, He doesn't see me. He sees the righteousness of Christ. That's why He can forgive you. Yeah, That's why He can save you. That's why you can go to heaven. It has nothing to do with you or me. We can't, we can't do anything to get God's attention, amen? Uh, can't even touch the mountain. You're dead, see? You need this side of God. Yeah, Psalm 85.10, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy, truth, met together. Amen? Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. How intimate is that? Amen? How close is that? How real is that? Uh, and, and I'll show it to you here in a minute, but, but this side of God is actually at odds with this side of God. I mean, it's not a bad thing or a bad way, but this side of God is never going to change his mind about your sin and my sin Hey, he's not a grandfather that's going to say to his grandkids, that's okay. Your mom and dad's been mean to you anyway. I know that because I know him. And just let little things slide. He's not like that. Hey, he's a perfect, high, and lifted up, righteous, holy God. Nothing's going to get by with him, right? And so the mercy side of God, same God. Stick with me, stick with me. So, mercy and peace are traveling beside you in life. Just play along with me, okay? I'm, I'm just going to do this, try to get it in your head here. Mercy and peace are traveling beside you in life. Y'all with me, Connor? Mercy and peace, traveling with me as I go through life. I'm talking about God's mercy, God's peace, amen? 
And then uh, truth and righteousness are traveling together too in my life. Can you see this? Two natures of God that are around me as I go through life. Truth and righteousness demand that I get the death penalty. And that me as a sinner would get everything that's coming to me an eternal death in the lake of fire. Not because God hates me. He's just true and righteous and holy. See? So the truth and righteousness of God, it demands that I be punished. But the mercy and peace side of God, think about this. Same God. Mercy and peace side of God. Let me get my notes. The mercy and peace side of God plead with God that I get forgiven and be pardoned and have eternal life instead of eternal death. You see the two natures of God there? Remember, the wrath of God abides on us before we're saved. God is love, but God is also truth and righteousness. He cannot dismiss what is not right. He cannot overlook sin. Malachi 3, 6 says, "For For I am the Lord, I change not. He's still the same God he was way back then, even with all the laws they're changing now. He's still the same God. Amen. Yep. So mercy on the, and peace, on the other hand, plead with God for him to intervene and pardon and forgive me. Can you see what's going on? Two, two natures of God. So, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, I just want to throw this out. These, all these four meet at the cross of Christ on Calvary and all are satisfied by, by what took place there. Now think about this. we got the judgment side of God, right? Soul that sinneth, it shall die. Then we have the mercy side of God. God is love, merciful, forgiving, wants you to be saved, right? <clears throat> and so that mercy and that truth meet together at Calvary. And that righteousness and that peace meet together at Calvary. In fact, they kiss. <laughs> What's that? That's the judgment side of God and the mercy side of God meeting on Mount Calvary and, and gathered there. If you want to do that, just play along with it. Gathered there as Christ is hanging on the cross and truth says this. That's good. That's paid. He's paying it. He's paying that judgment. Righteousness says it's got to be paid for, and he's paying it. Peace says, hallelujah. Anybody can be saved. Amen? Mercy says, so what is mercy? Mercy is not getting what I deserve. So mercy and peace, truth and righteousness gathered at the cross when Christ is hanging on the cross, and you know what? They're not separated anymore. There's no division anymore. They all agree and are satisfied by what's going on on the cross of Calvary. The two natures of God. 
Psalm 116 says this, Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. That's Old Testament, yeah. So we deserve the punishment of hell for our sins, but God allowed Jesus Christ to take our punishment that in and through Jesus we are forgiven and made righteous. That's why anything else in God's eyes is not good enough to get us to heaven. So this, listen, everything I'm saying tonight, I think everybody knows. If you've been in this church, you've heard this preached over and over, amen? And so, <clears throat> so why are you doing this, Brother Mike? I couldn't talk God out of doing it. There was other things I wanted to talk about, but then you just kept saying, do this, do this, you know? So you got to do what the Lord wants you to do. Maybe, hey, maybe there's somebody here tonight that's just been struggling with their salvation. They're not saved. Or maybe somebody on live stream, you know, that's watching, that's not saved. Wouldn't it be great if you just gave it up tonight and just got saved? Amen. Uh, Salvation and forgiveness of sins is by Jesus Christ plus nothing minus nothing. It's not Jesus and his mother. Not Jesus in the Ten Commandments. Not Jesus in any kind of religious activity. It's not Jesus in baptism. It's not Jesus and church membership. It's not. All those things have their place, but not for salvation, not for forgiveness of sins. So when you humble yourself and come with a repentant heart, God listens. He hears the repentant heart. He forgives, and he saves you. Is that awesome or what? When I got saved, <clears throat> well, I won't tell you the whole story. Most everybody knows the story, but <clears throat> when I got saved, I couldn't believe that God loved me so much that he died for me. That just blew my mind away. It just blew me away. Uh, I, I had always pictured God as just a... As just a uh, Old, gray hair, just mad at all the sinners on the world, down on the earth. (laughs) Amen? He's a loving, kind, gracious, forgiving, long-suffering, gentle. You could just go on and on. That's God, amen? Psalm 85.10, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. So I'm going to just keep saying this over and over. What are you doing that for, Brother Mike? So you just get it in you, see? I just want you to get it in you tonight. So I looked up some things in this verse. That phrase, met together. Met together is one Hebrew word. It's used 14 times in the Old Testament. And every time it occurs in the Bible, it's it's an instance of of a hostile situation met together. I mean, you can just study it out. Every time it's used, it's used when somebody is going to meet together and kill somebody. In every instance. So what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to say mercy and truth are at odds. God's not mixed up or confused. No, I'm just saying, truth is truth. It's not going to change for mercy. Something has to happen in between to get mercy and truth together. That's the cross of Calvary. 
That's the, that's the perfect holy God on top of Mount Calvary or on top of Mount Sinai. It's that same God who becomes a man. Y'all with me? Amen. Amen. Same God becomes a human being. He's like he's all God, all man, same body. Was born of a virgin. Amen. Think about this. The God up on Mount Sinai. He's born. He has to learn how to walk, talk, eat, have his diapers changed. Same God. Puts himself in subjection to man. Amen. Think about it. All his life, he's under somebody's rule. Everybody's under somebody's authority all through life, right? <clears throat> so this same God that said, touch the mountain, you're dead, is the same God who laid down on the cross and had nails driven through him to nail him to the cross. Same God. Same God. You just, you just need to think about that. He went through all that, and I call it I just all that trouble. Now, I've, had, I've had somebody tell me once, well, that wasn't a lot of trouble for him. What? The Bible says he became a man. He felt everything we feel. He went through everything we go through, amen? He, he has emotions like we have emotions. So, but, so how do you know they got together, brother? Just let me read you a couple of verses here. 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, that's one of the words, Ephesians 1, 13, in whom ye have trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, amen, Remember, mercy and truth are met together. Philippians 3, 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that, <clears throat> but that which is through the faith of, of Christ, the righteousness which is, which is of God by faith. So we got, we got mercy and truth, then righteousness, and we need peace. Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, we see all of these meeting at Mount Calvary, Christ on the cross, they all, they're all satisfied. There's, no, there's nothing in between them anymore. There's no separation. Hey, there's no separation between the judgment side of God and the mercy side of God. You can be saved. You don't have to go through that wrath of God. So these all four meet at the cross of Christ and are all satisfied by what took place there. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We're going to get out early. I'm telling you. So Jesus Christ spanned the great gulf between the two natures of God. Have you ever thought about that? Well, yeah, he died for me and all that, yeah. But why? When he was hanging on the cross, think about this. Think about it. When he was hanging on the cross, he satisfied that judgment side of God. See? So the, the righteous, holy, lifted up, untouchable, unapproachable God says, The soul that sinneth it shall die. Same God. I'll take their place, put it on me. Kill me. Take me as a sacrifice. And that satisfied 
that judgment side of God. <clears throat> okay, I need a I need my grandson again. So just stand right down here. Look at me. So, so just play along with me, okay? So, I'm the judge of the universe. David's a sinner man. He stands before God. It's not like this, but just play along. I'm trying to get a point, okay? So, uh, <clears throat> so he comes before the judge of the universe. So I stand up, smack my gavel down. Guilty. He's the judge of the universe. Y'all with me? Judge of the universe. Same judge of the universe. Takes off his robe. Goes down here. Puts his arm around this sinner man. And says, put on me his condemnation. Put on me his judgment. Let me take his punishment on me. And let him go free. Same God. Same judge. Same God. Same God puts his robe back on. Smacks his gavel back down. Forgiven! 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 Not because of him, but because of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has covered him in his righteousness. You can sit down. <clears throat> can you see that? Hey, that's the judge of the universe condemning him to a devil's hell. Same God, judge of the universe, is born of a virgin, grows up, puts himself through all of that, puts himself in subjection to men, cruel men. They spit on him. All the things, they did. hey, that's the same God that said, touch the mountain, you're dead. He puts himself in that humble position. Why? To save sinners like you and me. He went to all that, he went to all that trouble. So you can't save yourself, neither can you walk away or lose your salvation, for we are in Christ. <laughs> Amen? If you had something to do with your salvation, maybe you could lose it. Yeah, maybe I could. If I had something to do with it, I probably would have lost it a long time ago. You don't have nothing to do with you saving yourself other than the fact that you repent. So what's repentance? Repentance is, is, is a military term. You know, hut, two, three, four, you know, and then about face means the same thing. You're going this way in life. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired, amen? And you're fed up with life, sin. Somebody tells you the gospel story. You see yourself before a thrice holy God, and you think, man, I don't want to go to hell. Will you save me? And so you turn from your sin to God. That's repentance. You can't stop sinning. You can't do that. But you turn from your sin. You have a change of mind. My sin is exceedingly sinful before a holy God. 
And you ask God to save you, and He saves you. Isn't that great? So you become in Christ. That's where Christ covers you. I'm in Christ. I'm glad I'm in Christ. Because I'm a mess. I'm just a mess sometimes. Amen? Not so much today. I tried to stay right with God today. I had to preach. Amen? That's terrible. I shouldn't say that. but It's partly true. You know what? You're made out of the same stuff I'm made out of. Amen? So I'm in Christ. I'm, 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 I'm almost done. Here we go. Romans 8.1, therefore, or there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Are you in Christ tonight? Have you ever been saved? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. 1 Peter 5, greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you, all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So if you're saved and you're in Christ, you'll never see the wrath of God. Hey, but if you're here tonight and you're not saved, or maybe you don't even know what that means, you know, Maybe, maybe it's just, you know, a lot of church talk and terminology and Bible talk, being saved, knowing for sure. If you died, you go to heaven. Let me just say it like this. <clears throat> I know that 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 I'm saved. If you don't know, then you don't know. I mean, it's just that simple. And you know what? When you get saved, He moves inside of you. <laughs> he lives in me. The God that created the worlds spoke everything into the stars and all of that, just spoke it and it's out there. That same God, He lives inside of me. He does. He talks to me all the time. I talk to Him. It's not an audible voice, but you know what I'm talking about. If you're saved, he's in there. He's really in there. Amen? Hey, if I'm watching TV and something comes on the TV that's inappropriate, he's knocking on my heart's door. Hey, what are you doing? What's that all about? Get that out of here. Get rid of that stinking TV out of your house. Amen? I'm just telling you, he really lives in there. If you, hey, if you never have that, if there's never anything going on inside of you, maybe he's not even there. Maybe you're not saved. I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation, but you know. Hey, you know if you're saved. Hey, how can something as big as God move inside of you and you not know it? Are you with me? Huh? So I got a couple minutes. I'm going to tell my... Uh, Ronald Reagan story. He's my favorite president. So, let's just say Ronald Reagan, y'all with me? Let's say he, Ronald Reagan was president, and he called you up on the phone and says, I'll be there in 30 minutes, and we'll take you out to eat. Think about where you want to go. 
Anything you want to eat, I'll take you out. Ronald Reagan, President of the United States, rolls up, great big bunch of cars, and Secret Service, knocks on your door. Mike Wolfram, you want to go eat? President's waiting for you. So I go out, I get in the car with the president, and he says, where do you want to go? And I say, Hoof and Horn Steakhouse. That's it, boy, right there. Hoof and Horn, amen? And uh, so we go down there, great big old steak, and I eat that, and he, and he says, you want another one? Sure. So I get half of it ate, and I put the rest in the take-home thing. Hey, we're headed home. We get to talk about a lot of things. Are you with me tonight? This is silly, but it's, it, it'll make the point. And uh, <clears throat> I go back home, see you. Five years from now, I remember the president called me up. I went with him to the hoof and horn. Got two steak dinners. I still remember that, five years, yeah. Ten years down the road. Hey, I'm still going to remember it. Twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years, if my brain doesn't go wacko, amen? Hey, sixty, seventy, hundred years later, I know that the president came, took me out to lunch. Hey, I would never forget that. Something as big as that, right? So how can you say, hey, how can you say that you're saved, that you're a Christian, and you don't even have, you can't remember where it happened? Are you with me? How can you not remember that? You know, you, I can see where you might forget the day, but maybe the month, you ought to be able to hang on to the month, amen, or the year that you got saved, hey, or hey. I can take you to 1816 Papio Lane in Cozad, Nebraska. It's a little white house that sits on the corner. I can take you there and, and, and get out of the car and say, right there in that house I got saved. You ought to be able to do the same thing. If you can't, hey listen, if you can't, how can something that big as God move into your life and you don't know any of the particulars? You just oozed into it? You with me? Hey, you need that. Why do I need that, Brother Mike? Because the wrath of God is going to catch up with you if you don't get saved. He's the, hey, he's the loving, gracious, kind God. He wants to save you. So, why won't you get saved? God went to great lengths to keep people out of hell. And if they go there, it's not on God. Really, it's not on God. It's not on God at all. He did his whole part in the whole thing. Mercy and truth met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. God's done everything on his side for you to be saved. <clears throat> and if you are saved... Why won't you sell out and get all in? Hey, after God, hey, after God did all of that for you, why won't you sell out and just get in and serve God and get a bus route and join a Sunday school class and, and go to the prison and jail with us? Amen. 
or get in on the refiners, Brother Brett, on Friday night. Hey, why not get in all the way? Could it be that, hey, could it be, this is the last thing I'll say, could it be that <clears throat> you can't take me to a place? Could it be it, maybe it never did happen? And you know what? Wouldn't it be great tonight if you, you would finally say, you know what, I've just been, I just need to get saved. You know what, don't let that embarrass you or anything. Everybody here that's saved is praying for you. Everybody here is for you. There's nobody here that's against you getting saved. Amen? 